Well, friends, for the next several episodes, I am going to be talking about how we can walk out our freedom and healing journey, specifically how we can thrive emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically. You know, it's important to point out that we need to have a journey mindset because it is a process or else we will get frustrated, you know, impatient, we'll feel stuck and or lose hope, get mad at God, get mad at people, get mad at ourselves. So I want to help you in this process. And today specifically, and next week as well, my friend and guest Marie Larson of Vibrant Life Consulting joins me to discuss the process of removing the obstacles that keep you from experiencing a vibrant life and how to step into emotional, mental, and spiritual health. And we're going to discuss things like how do you release anger and the stress and what happens when you get triggered? Why do we need to release the toxic beliefs that get stored in our brain? What's the difference between forgiveness and restoring trust? And how do you actually forgive and release those people who have hurt you? So we're going to be talking about all those things today. So I know you're going to want to grab a pen and paper to take notes. And then also, if you are wanting to do one-on-one mentoring with me, I do have a few spots open. Uh, Leave me a, either DM me on social media at uh, Lori K. Snyder, or go to Lori at LoriKSnyder.com. Leave me an email or connect on my website at LoriKSnyder.com. And would you do me a favor? Would you share this with some friends? I know there are so many people who need hope and healing right now, and I believe this could really be a blessing to them. So would you share this podcast? And then also leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So that way this will get out to even more people because your ratings do make a big difference. Thank you so much. And let's get on with the show. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Created to Thrive podcast. Today, I'm excited to have my new friend, Marie Larson with Vibrant Life Consulting on today to really help you with understanding your wholeness journey and what do you do when you get triggered or how do we really navigate life in a way that we are constantly growing and thriving. So welcome, Marie. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I met you a few months ago on a women's, a kingdom women's collaborative group that we're both involved with. And I was Mm -hmm. instantly drawn to your message and just the, your message in, in your story. So why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners so they can glean from who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just a little bit about me, um, and kind of my story um, a little bit is I grew up in a Christian home and, you know, felt like I knew God uh, so much because it was in the culture that I grew up in. 
Um, but then I had a major grief that happened when I was 10 that I was very confused and understand. And I got very angry at God and really um, put up walls to him, didn't understand what happened. And, um, and just kind of, I was still going through the motions of Christianity and like reading my Bible and doing those things because that was the culture I was in, but just had this misunderstanding and distrust of God. And so by the time I was 15, I was kind of a wreck of like high, high anxiety, health problems, you know, um, just a perfectionist, um, feeling like if something's going wrong, I have to fix it. So I took the world on at 10, like I have to take care of it. And um, so anyway, I had, you know, an encounter with the Lord through a Bible verse, um, Romans 15, 13. Um, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just, I looked at it, I was like, God, I don't have that. I don't have that peace and that joy and that hope. Like, where is it? Like I was pissed. And, um, <laughs> and he made me read it again. And as I read it again, as you trust in him popped off the page at me and I realized this is conditional. Like I need to hand over my stuff to him and then I can receive that joy and peace and hope. And so that was a turning point in my life of subtly and slowly learning because after I read that, I was like, okay, fine, Jesus, you can have it. I'm sick of living like this. I was totally pissed off at God when I came to him. He's like, okay, you know, <laughs> <laughs> certainly that's right. And so I put my hand in his at that point and he's never let go. And it's been this journey but I really have a heart. I love to help others. And um, I eventually ended up working at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge in the recovery community as a kind of a chaplain, pastoral counselor there and teacher um, and loved that. And then after that was finished, I started my own business doing vibrant life consulting. I had been in the nonprofit world for 12 and a half years and really saw the burnout rate um, and the lie in leadership and ministry that you're supposed to be done having your own problems when you help other people. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I really just started feeling drawn to helping the helpers. And so that's what I base my business on. My tagline is helping the helpers thrive. Um, and so I started Vibrant Life Consulting out of that to have a safe place for helpers to come to get their own healing and help because we're all on an ongoing journey of healing, um, yeah. even the healers. Yeah. So. 100%. And I think that you brought up so many great points. Um, one, it is a process and we're all on a journey. We never arrive nope. until we're in eternity yep. <laughs> to where we're made whole completely. But I think there's, there's so much. And, and I know that I well, thank you for, first of all, sharing your story, because um, I know it's not easy just, you know, saying where you were, but also the hope that God gave you. And mm -hmm. I always say that, he's good with you wrestling with him. He loves mm -hmm. that interaction and he meets you where you're at. Totally. Yeah. And so many people, and I'm sure that you, you've addressed it with so many of your, your um, clients that most people are angry with God. They might not know that they might not mm -hmm. admit that, but can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. The anger at God. I mean, that was a huge part of my journey because I was angry at him for probably 18 years. Um, before I was finally able to get out from under that, I would say. And I, I'd, for a lot of that journey, I didn't want to be angry at God, but I was. And I didn't know how to get out from under it. Um, and so, and I, I honestly, I think a lot of atheists are just people that are very angry at God and they just don't want to admit that he exists because they're totally pissed off at him. Yeah. 
you know, um, and that's okay. Like I had many conversations with the Lord, like beating on his chest. Like, I don't understand that, you know, um, and having to walk through forgiveness. It feels weird to, <clears throat> you know, forgive God or to work on our perceptions that are causing us to think he wronged us, you know, mm-hmm. and repenting of that. And yeah. so that was a huge part of my journey. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about that even more, because that is a key factor that, um, people have to get past that because one, they have a wrong view of God, Yeah. whether they recognize it or not, it's from what they were taught from when they were young or what they weren't even taught. What, so can you talk about how did you push past that? What did you do to one recognize you were angry with God? And then wrestle with that. And then how did you get set free to where you could forgive God? I know it's so funny that we think, well, how can I forgive God? No, you have to, just -hmm. like you have to forgive yourself. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it was a long journey for me, but part of it was getting into um, some prayer ministry appointments for myself, um, kind of like lay counseling and just, um, I had stuffed everything so royally. I had no idea how angry I was. I just knew I was an extreme perfectionist and I wanted to stop and I didn't know how, and and that was really what led me into that journey. And, uh, and so once the Lord like opened up that chest in my heart and just started pulling out all the anger that was in there, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I just, I had to start working on forgiveness, um, and forgiving people in my life and forgiving, you know, God. And, um, I think partly too, it was starting to understand spiritual warfare more and starting to understand the spiritual world and, and how it works. Um, I like to say the enemy comes at us and punches us and then goes, he did it. (laughs) And I fell for it hook, line and sinker. And the enemy punched, you know, cause John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. God comes that you may have life and life more abundantly. So if I see stealing, killing, and destroying, whose MO am I seeing? That's the enemy. Yeah. If I see life and life abundantly, whose MO is that? God's. But yeah. the thing is, the enemy punches, blames God, we believe him, and then we think the stealing, killing, and destroying we're seeing is God's fault. We blame him, we get mad at him, then we push away, and it's like the gazelle that runs off from the group. They're easy prey. That's the yeah. one that gets picked off. Yeah. And that's why the enemy tries to separate us from the Lord through these lies of saying, God did this to you when he actually did, you know, the enemy actually did it. Yeah. And so, um, that was a huge part of recognizing like who to actually be mad at. That's good. That's good. Um, and maybe that leads into the spiritual life, like yeah. talking about that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that because most so, people don't have an understanding of it and yeah. they, give, they give the devil way too much credit. But yeah. let's talk about that. So yeah, help me understand what you're talking about. Yeah, I love simplifying it. And um, the whole, like all of life makes more sense when you understand the simplicity of the spiritual world. It's also very complex, but it's it's also very simple. It's both and. Yeah. Jesus talks about our spiritual life like a house in a couple different places. Luke 11, Mark 3, and Matthew 12 are different places where he addresses it. And he talks about in order to um, get a strong man or to take over a strong man's house, you have to tie up the strong man and have a stronger man on your side to, to do that. 
And so the strong man is the enemy, like in order to clean house, spiritually speaking, and to be victorious in the Christian life, like we have to have Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Okay. And so we have to kick the enemy out of our life and invite Jesus to be the Lord of our life so that we can even clear out that junk from the enemy. And so once we've done that, though, again, using that analogy of a house, um, we have the stronger man on our side now, because there's a verse that talks about if you just kick out the enemy and you don't have God on your side, he's just going to go get seven friends and come back. And the condition of that person is going to be worse than before. Right. Okay. So you don't want a clean house when you don't have Jesus on your side. (laughs) Um, It's not going to be pretty. So when we have Jesus on our side, though, here's the deal. Even though we have him as our authority in our life, we have two hands, there's a doorknob and we have free will. And we can open that front door to whoever we want to, even though Jesus is in our ear going, don't do it. Don't open the door to that, you know? Yeah. And so we have this free will. So I think about temptation as like the enemy knocking on that door saying, hey, and whispering his little sweet nothings and his lies. And when we fall for it, we go and we open that door and we entertain that thought. We bring it in and we have allowed, we have agreed with it. So the spiritual world's all about agreement. What am I agreeing with? Am I agreeing with lies or am I agreeing with God's truth? If I'm agreeing with lies, I am giving it access. So if you think about that, I open that front door. Now I've given access to that thing from the enemy. And now it can steal, kill and destroy in my life and wreak havoc. And it beats me up and it sits on my couch and eats my popcorn and runs my TV. And like, no, <laughs> that's not cool. Don't eat my popcorn. Okay. And it starts beating the crap out of me. And then we're like, I'm a Christian. Why am I getting the crap beat out of me? God, what are you doing to me? Ah, right, you know? right. And so that's, what we have to understand is we have this ability. Now the two legs we need to stand on to clean out our house of this junk that we've let in is our identity and our authority. Like those are the two legs we have to stand on in order to do this. We have to understand whose we are. I am a daughter of the King or I'm a son of the most high God. Like, and because of that identity and what God, who God says I am in Ephesians, look at Ephesians. This is who God says I am. You know, I'm a masterpiece. I am created by him with with good works, you know, that he planned out in advance for me to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all these things, all of those identity um, statements, because of that, I have authority over the enemy and I have greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Like I have the ability and the power because the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me. Like, excuse me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so when we start to recognize, I know who I am, I know what power that gives me and what that I can tell the enemy what for and get out of my house. Right. I can start then recognizing where have I let the enemy into my life? What agreements have I made? I can start coming out of agreement. It's as simple as going, I repent for agreeing with that. Get out in Jesus name. And what do you have instead, Jesus, to fill that space so we don't leave a vacuum? Right. Yeah. And so it's all about those agreements. Um, and that kind of leads into forgiveness then, mm-hmm. because unforgiveness is one of the biggest ways we open the door. Right. Just these tiny little, I love it when people are like, I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. Yeah. And oh, I'm yeah. like, frustration is mild anger, you know, mm-hmm. like same difference. Yeah. Um, and so when we are noticing 
the presence of frustration or anger, um, that's usually telling us that there's a, a, something we need to forgive. There's somebody we need to forgive. Yeah. And the quicker we can do that and kick that stuff out, the less um, access we're giving the enemy to our lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all about that access and agreement. Yeah. Okay. And that so is- go ahead. No, keep going. Well, no, there's, a, there's a simple tool that I like to teach people um, that helps make forgiveness really easy because forgiveness is such a big concept and there's so many myths that the enemy has thrown at forgiveness because he is terrified that you are going to forgive people terrified because he knows it will give you so much freaking freedom. And so he's like, do not forgive at all costs. (laughs) So there's all these lies around forgiveness. Um, but it's really, really simple to forgive. And so I lead people through, I choose to forgive this person four and we list the things they need to forgive and we go through that process really we give it the time and space it needs so I choose to forgive let's say you're forgiving a sibling or something just throwing something out there so I choose to forgive this sibling for here's all the things they hurt me Jesus is there anything else well more stuff came to mind And I'm going to keep asking, is there anything else, Jesus, until I come up blank after asking that question. And sometimes we need to say, I choose to forgive them for this because it made me feel. And we need to name the feelings that we were never given permission to name or space to name, or we just stuffed it. Um, And just naming it can like lance that wound and let out the infection. It's amazing. Yeah. Because it made me feel. And once we've gotten all the, we're going to get out for that batch. I call it, sometimes you have to do it in batches. Then I choose to bless that person. Yes. And we bless because it brings us the rest of the way around into seeing that person the way God sees them. Yeah. We can forgive serial killers, rapists. I mean, the worst of the worst, Jesus forgave the people who nailed him to the cross. That's pretty intense, right? They were torturing him and he forgave them. Like what? So if he can do that, he, he gives us the power to do everything he commands us to do. And he commands us to forgive because he knows it will give us freedom and the unforgiveness will bring bondage. So he, he commands forgiveness because he loves us. Um, and which means he gives us the power to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I choose to bless them and we pray extravagant blessings over them. Like you would want someone to pray over you, not praying at them, make them a better person, uh, but praying for them, like bless their health, bring healing to their hurts because hurt people hurt other people, um, bring salvation to them. You know, I have helped people forgive the worst things that people have done to them. And we can always pray at least two things, bring salvation and bring healing for their hurts. And maybe that's all you can do. That's okay. Yeah. And then usually when we recheck in, like, how does that person feel about them? There's a shift when real forgiveness has happened. Like there is a shift. Corey Ten Boom was a Holocaust survivor. Yeah. Um, and she was put into a concentration camp. Her dad and her sister died because of the concentration camps and the treatment they received. And uh, she talks about forgiveness as somebody who went through hell. And she uses this example that just blows my mind with how it helps people understand forgiveness. She said, unforgiveness is like pulling a rope in a bell in a steeple. And the sound of the bell ringing 
is like those feelings of hurt, and anger, and resentment, and fear. And forgiveness has two parts. The first part is I choose to let go of the rope. Okay. Now people get confused after this first step because you know what? The bell doesn't stop ringing right away. We still feel that. And then we're like, oh, I didn't really forgive. And so we grab back onto the rope and we start rehashing again and we go back to our unforgiveness. But if we can do step two, so step one, I choose to forgive this person and let go of the rope. Step two is I choose to not grab back onto the rope Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as much as they want to. And over time, the bell will die down and those emotions will pass. And it'll be like watching the History Channel in black and white. We'll know what happened. We'll remember it. But it doesn't have that emotional charge to it that it had initially. Yeah. And and that's the beauty of it. We can really walk past those things. And this tool feels so simple. I thought it sounded stupid when I first heard it. I was like, yeah, great. And I started using it, though. And, um, I remember one time where I was in a situation, I got so steamed and the Holy spirit is like, you should forgive. And I'm like, it's not going to work, <laughs> like, I was so bad. but I was stuck with these people in a situation where I couldn't get away. And I was like, I just ruined my whole evening. Great. And, uh, I, out of sheer duty, I was like, okay, fine. I choose to forgive this person for, I choose to bless them like two minutes in my head. And when I got done, I went looking for the anger again to find it. I could not find it. And I was shocked because I was sure it wasn't going to work. And what I realized <laughs> in that moment of shock was my feelings follow my choices. Yes. And so if I make a choice of my will and my spirit to do something that God has commanded me to do, my feelings will come alongside Yeah. eventually. Yeah. So don't let your feelings run it. (laughs) That's so good. Well, and, and I think that, you know, what you, you just gave so much information that is so helpful. So thank you. Um, and I've gone through this process myself over the last 16 years and have seen miracles in my body. And I know we're going to talk about that in a minute here about what you do with clients when, how all of this is actually tied to the physical body because we're a three-part being spirit, soul, body, um, But the power to choose is so, so critical because you choose of your free will. And that's what I would used to say. um, And I still do. I choose of my free will. So I know I know I'm not forced to it because someone told me I had to my pastor, my counselor, my husband. No, it's my free will. I choose to forgive and to forgive means to send forth. Mm. I'm not retaining and forgiveness is a gift I'm giving myself. So if I first have that mindset, then I can do it because another thing that people say, well, then that just gives them, I mean, it, it, there's all these mind blocks that we have to forgive because it is such a powerful, like gift. I'm letting them off the hook. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's not a true. common lie about forgiveness. I, and part of the prayer that I have people pray to is I, I release the responsibility for justice to you, Lord. And See, I release mercy over them because it. it, they, it's, it's me, it's mainly saying I'm not the judge. That's not my job. It's Correct. God's job. And yeah. so they are still on God's hook. They are still going to have to answer to the Lord for what they did. Um, they may still have consequences in this life yeah. that they need to deal with yeah. because of what they did to you. But um, it is releasing your heart yes. so that you are no longer attached to it. There's the common phrase, like, 
unforgiveness is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, you know, and it affects their physical health. Yes, It totally it affects that. Like yeah. I, I didn't realize till I was older that I'm a highly sensitive individual in every sense of the word, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, you know, now they call them empaths, feelers, you know, right. now there's names for it. Um, HSPs, highly sensitive people. <laughs> uh, I love it because it's yeah. like, oh, there's a name for me now. Yeah, um, I fit in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a thing. Okay. But I didn't realize that growing up, how sensitive I was and how much I was picking up on everybody's emotions around me. I was picking up on stuff in the spiritual realm, like all of that. And, um, and so I, I got very sick physically. Um, and I, looking back, I now understand a lot of it was this anger at God and this, um, over responsibility for everything because I didn't trust God and perfectionism, you know, performance mentality, all that junk, um, was just putting so much pressure and stress on me. Um, and I, I didn't understand the spiritual world. I didn't how to I didn't know how to handle everything that all the information that was coming to me as an empath feeler. Um, and so as I began to go through this process emotionally, spiritually, and physically, uh, you know, doing things to help myself get healthier and learn how to eat healthier and all that. Sure. It like, I just started to see these shifts happen. And a lot of times I would see as I gained ground emotionally and spiritually, I would see my physical state grow because our our bodies are physically emotionally and spiritually connected like you cannot separate it but in our culture we've tried to say oh look this is a physical problem this is a spiritual problem but this is an emotional problem and it's like what that's ridiculous like they're all connected and so i don't encourage just one route like i encourage people go at it physically emotionally and spiritually you know go at it from every avenue towards health it's part of the process Right. I mean, I ask people, are you drinking enough water? Yes. Right. Like yes. sometimes yeah. you find out, no, yeah. I'm like, no wonder you don't feel good. You know, yeah. like yeah. you're dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah. Like simple things. Um, so just self-care is, is part of that process too. Yeah. Well, and thank you for addressing that because so often, you know, and I've been a product of, I was so laden with unforgiveness for things that people had done to me in, in my life that I Mm -hmm. harbored that in my body. And, and I am very sensitive spiritually. I didn't know that either, that I'm a feeler Mm -hmm. and I'm a visionary. And so all these things, and I would manifest in my body sickness. And once I went through this process of releasing and forgiving people, and I was led in prayer with someone. So I felt safe. It was scary and I didn't want to, but I knew that if Jesus forgave me, he was my model. I have to forgive others because if not, I'm in pride thinking I'm over mm-hmm. him. And so that's why I think that I love what you were talking about earlier is we go to Jesus because he's been through it. He knows mm-hmm. it. Right. And so he can help us through that. And we've got to look to the author and finisher of our faith and, and our source of life. Cause you said he came to give life and life in abundance. He's our source of life, that God quality kind of life. That's what that Zoe life means in, in John 10, 10. So, um, you can be eating a salad, but if you're bitter and angry and frustrated, all those emotions that is, you're not going to be healthy. The eating those salads is are not going to be healthy. Yeah. And I I remember when I was first learning this kind of stuff, like one of the first times it was like a light bulb moment when somebody said something that 
either hurt my feelings or made me angry. And all of a sudden I, I felt my back start to hurt like in that moment. And I went, Oh, it's not a back problem. Like yeah. that's my emotion manifesting in my physical body. Yeah. And, and I started realizing how connected And So many times when I'm working with people, when they're mentioning physical ailments, we'll talk to Jesus about it and go, what, what's here? What's this pain showing us? And yes, there can be a physical problem related. Absolutely. But many times there's also an emotional or a spiritual thing that's related. And I've heard of some pretty fantastic miracles that have happened after people have forgiven. Yeah. You know, somebody because, I mean, even the medical establishment understands now that forgiveness and bitterness can cause cancers can cause like all sorts of stress on the body. And we understand that stress causes physical ailment, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's so related. Well, and I'm one of those that I received a miracle in my body through the process of forgiveness, where I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. And once I went through this process, then I've had a menstrual cycle every single month for 15 years now, just through the process of forgiving. And what you had said was, um, the process of you forgive choose of your free will to forgive. You pray mercy upon that person and then the blessing upon them. And that was for me at first, really difficult because again, when you've been wrong, how do you want to bless? But yet if God is our example, Uh we need to bless. So I think that's so important that you, you spoke about that because go ahead. Well, and again, it's, it's a choice. I choose, we say, I choose to forgive and I choose to bless. They don't say I feel like forgiving and I feel like blessing. We say I choose. And as you forgive, you actually do start to want to forgive. I mean, I've had people that wanted to kill the person before we started forgiving. And when we got done forgiving, I would say, okay, think about that person in your mind. What's the first emotion that comes to mind? And they would just say nothing, apathy. And I'm like, that's better than wanting to kill them. You know, like, that's right. (laughs) And oftentimes it'll be sympathy or empathy or, um, on the stronger end, it's like compassion and love. And I want to reach out to them and I feel bad for them. So that is all part of the process. Now with people, um, with greater forgivenesses that we have like parents, siblings, spouses, um, you know, people that we have the most history with, mm-hmm. um, and the closest relationships with, we have the most possibility to be hurt by them Correct. because we're the most open and vulnerable with them. So they have the most opportunity to hurt us. Those are the people that we have to do in what I call batches. Um, because you're not going to do it in one sitting, you're going to need to do it over time. So a practical is I just tell people take five to, you know, 10 minutes a day and ask the Lord, who do I need to forgive today? Or if you know, <laughs> this person I'm working on. So then five minutes a day, just use, what do I forgive for today? And just take care of a batch. And as you do that, everybody, everybody that I ask how they feel after they forgive says one of two things. Um, they'll usually say, I feel lighter. And then I say, okay, well, what happens if you forgave everybody in your life you need to forgive? And they say one of two things. I would, they either say I'd be floating or I'd be flying hmm. every single time. It's, it's uncanny. Yeah. And it's like, why don't we not do this sooner? Yeah. Like we think that we're doing something good for ourselves by holding this bitterness. And all we're doing is holding ourselves down and killing yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Like, why do we do that? That is such an important point because I think the, the lie of the enemy going back to how he whispers those lies to us is forgiveness equals trust. 
that's what the lie no, is. No, no, no. So let's yeah. talk about that because forgiveness yeah, so is people, not trusting. People mix these two concepts of forgiveness and reconciliation all Good. the time. Yes. These two are separate. So forgive, I can forgive a dead person that is never going to change, never going to acknowledge they did wrong, blah, blah, blah. I still need to forgive them because there's a hook in my heart and I need to release that just that to the justice of the Lord. Um, Reconciliation takes two people. So I can forgive somebody and realize they are not a safe person. I am never going to let them back into my life. I do not trust them. They have broken my trust. That's it. Um, reconciliation takes two in the sense of, I would need to forgive them. They would, in some sense, need to forgive me if there's hurts both ways, they would need to recognize probably what they did own it. We'd both need to own our stuff. And it takes two people willing to come back together and have healthy boundaries as a part of that, you know? And so it can look different if there's been trust broken and wrongs done and all of that. So reconciliation is a lot more intense and requires a lot more for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness does not require all that. Right, right. You can just choose to do it on your own, never speak to them again. Now, sometimes after we forgive somebody, we need to go talk to them, but not always. Right. And that's so important because I think that's where people get tripped up thinking it has mm-hmm. to be a certain way or they've got to enter into an abusive situation. No. That is not, that's not God. So this really helped me understanding the concept of trust. Um, somebody did a, a, um, an example of this. She had two bowls. One was full of popcorn. One was empty. And she had a cup and she said, um, like the popcorn is trust. And she took a scoop and she's like, this is how you build trust. I am who I say I'm going to be. I do what I say I'm going to do. And she was filling the bowl. She's like, this is how we start to earn trust with somebody. Um, but then she goes, okay, you broke trust. She dumped the whole bowl out started over and then she put the cup down and she started grabbing three to four kernels at a time. I am who I say I'm going to be. I do what I say I'm going to do. I'm rebuilding trust after a broken trust. Oops. I broke that trust again, dumps the whole bowl out. Hmm. Now she grabs one kernel at a time. I am who I say I'm going to be. I do what I say I'm going to do. Trust rebuilds slower each time it's broken as it should be. As a Christian, we get this messed up that we're supposed to just like hand trust 100% back to, no, no, no. We're supposed to love people unconditionally, but trust is to be earned. Yes. And it takes time. And it takes time. And if it's been broken, it takes even more time. Yeah. And that is rightfully so. Yeah. That is not, that is not unforgiveness. Right. That is being smart. Correct. You know, right. And being wise that we don't trust somebody who has proven themselves to be untrustworthy. Correct. Yeah. And I personally have had to go through both to where when my husband and I were separated and filed for divorce, trust had been broken multiple times. And to the point where now it's like, okay, we've got to start all over again. and start getting to know each other and that friendship level and building that trust. And it, sometimes it can feel like you take a step forward, then they're like, Oh, I got to stop, take a step back, reevaluate move forward. So I think that's so important that you bring the difference or you recognize that forgiveness is a gift you give yourself, but reconciliation there's got to be two people involved. I call it three people because God's got to be involved because it's his grace. That's going to allow you to move forward to want yeah. to restore or rebuild. If that is, is depending on the relationship, but no way in any form does it allow you to be abused 
And yeah, so no, no, absolutely. Um, did you want to like touch on triggers a little bit? Yeah. And I know we're, we're getting short time. I want to have you back for sure, because I want to go in and deeper because this is such a thing. So, because I think there's this lie that we think like, oh, I've, I've forgiven. I've done that. I'm good. I move forward. And I have to just, you know, play the part, look the part, be the part. And I love what you say is that, no, just like we have to shower every day. Yeah. Get messy. We live in a dirt. You live in a, we live in a muddy world is what you say. We yeah. live in a muddy world and we need to shower and get clean. But I think that as, especially as Christians, we look at it as, Oh, my feelings, I'm not going to live by my feelings. So I'm just going to ignore my feelings and feeling just like we don't drive a vehicle without looking at our instrument panel. Yeah. Feelings are indicators. So, um, yeah, go ahead and, and go deeper into yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what I do. So Vibrant Life Consulting is, um, I'm kind of like a lay counselor, pastoral counselor, however you want to look at that. I call myself a life consultant and not a licensed counselor. Um, but I use these tools of prayer ministry and helping people talk to Jesus and walking them through forgivenesses, walking them through lies versus truth and helping them sort through what's in their life that they need to get rid of what needs to be restored, um, what needs to be kept. And um, I I can do one-on-one sessions with people. I do a group class where I go more in depth to what we talked about today. So if anybody's interested in doing that class, they can email me um, at marie at vibrantlifeconsulting.com and just let me know that you're interested in doing a class about the spiritual world. And I, I am hoping to do more of those online. So it would be um, available for others in other states as well. But it is this whole process of just learning and growing and understanding how to get free from things. Um, and that's what I love helping people go through uh, in what I do with Vibrant Life Consulting. Yes. So people can check me, my stuff out at vibrantlifeconsulting.com if they're interested in learning more about Absolutely. that. Yeah. And I highly encourage that because we have blind spots and you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah. And and what you were saying is like, even people that are really strong in their faith, they're leaders in ministry and churches and secular realms. Like, like, like you said, we live in a muddy world and we have to shower on a regular basis. Like just because you've forgiven somebody doesn't mean, Oh, I never have to use forgiveness ever again. I've arrived. No, I mean, people hurt us on a regular basis. And so these are tools. I like to equip people with tools they can grab out of their tool belt and use on a regular basis because it's a dusty, muddy world. And so we have to brush this stuff off on a regular basis. And we have to, if we can understand how to do it for ourselves, we can then help other people through it. And so we can be like, hey, I think you have a little mud on your shoulder. Like, hey, let's get rid of that. You know, I think you're believing a lie. How about let's get rid of that and ask Jesus what his truth is. Yeah. Well, and what you do is you come alongside someone and Mm -hmm. let them know you're safe. I've got you. I'm going to, you're going to be seen and you're going to be heard, which is what is at the core of who we are. We want to be seen. We want to be heard, but we don't necessarily feel safe in doing that because of what we've been conditioned to. So you make it a very safe place for someone to one recognize the lie, because when we get triggered, we don't automatically go, Oh, I'm believing a lie. We just go, I've got this strong emotion and I don't have no idea what to do with it. So I'm just going to stuff it down. And then it's going to become this pressure cooker. That's going to explode at one point. 
Yeah, I mean, if you disengage the light on your check, you know, your check engine or your oil, you know, that tells you you need an oil change and you just, that's annoying. I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, take that light off. You're going to burn your car out because yeah. you're not going to know when you need an oil change. And that's what our feelings are. Is there an indicator light saying something's wrong? Yeah. You know, you should maybe check on something. Um, and so triggers are the same thing. They're just letting us know there's something unhealed there. So I try to teach my clients, yay for triggers, you know, <laughs> opportunity for healing, um, because now I know it's there. It's like if you brush your arm and all of a sudden you're like, ouch, and you realize you have a cut that you didn't know was there. Oh, well, now I can address it. I can put salve on it. I can put a bandaid on it and let it heal. And it's the same way with our emotions and with triggers. We don't run from triggers. We recognize them as information and then we can go after healing. What is at the root of that trigger? What is the lie I'm believing? What is the thing I need to bring to Jesus? What, what do I need to forgive? Yeah. So I can heal that and then not be triggered the next time yeah. because I've actually dealt with it. Yeah. You know? I love that. And I love what you do. And um, I'm going to have a session with you because you have something that you do called brain spotting. And I had never heard of this before. And I was so yeah. intrigued. So why don't you just do a brief yeah. explanation of what brain spotting is? Yeah. So I got trained in something called brain spotting. It came out of the therapy called EMDR. If people are familiar with that, it's been around for about 15 years, which is still relatively new in the therapy world. Um, but it is a trauma therapy that helps find um, negative emotions trapped in the brain and the body and helps to access them and release them so that people can heal. And it's based on the idea that where you look with your eyes determines what part of the brain you're accessing. And so it's using um, eye placement to locate um, unhealed, you know, emotions, traumas, et cetera, that we're, we're stuffing and hiding in our bodies. Um, and it's kind of like lancing a wound that has infection and letting the infection out so that we can heal. Um, and one of the reasons some people like it, um, veterans and other people, is you don't necessarily have to verbally process while you're doing mm. it. Mm. So um, we can find the eye position and, and set it up um, and go. And the person doesn't have to share with me if they don't want to their process. And the brain is just so incredible how God made us that it connects everything. Um, so it's a really fascinating process. And I combine it with what I know about prayer ministry in the spiritual world. And, um, and so it's just kind of cool because with spirit, with prayer ministry, you've got the emotional spiritual online. When you add in brain spotting, you've got that physiology online too. Yeah. And so you really have that whole person yeah. involved in the process, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's fascinating. And I, I, I love what you, what you're doing and I can't wait to do it myself too. Um, we are to walk in wholeness. You know, I love when, you know, Jesus heals the 10 lepers, but it was the one that came back to him. Mm -hmm. He acknowledged Jesus and thanked him that he was made whole. Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing is you're, we're, you're taking people to go to the source of life yeah. to get whole. And it's so vital because we all have traumatic things that have happened to us that mm -hmm. we get stuck with, and we don't even realize we're stuck And that brain has muscle memory, right? That's totally. how I equate it to, yeah. and we have to get healed in there. So we're not living out of the past yeah. in our present day life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause your, your subconscious 
remembers every like your brain remembers everything even though your conscious mind doesn't yeah and so it's it's such a helpful tool um to figure out why am i having this big reaction to this thing in the present it doesn't even make sense i'm just flying off the handle and it's not doesn't match what's happening in the present well it's usually because it's digging up something from the past that you may not even currently remember yeah Um, so well, I'm excited. We'll do that on an, a future episode because yeah. I know that will be fascinating, but I want to go through it first before yeah. um, I talk about it intelligently. So, <laughs> so again, remind uh, our listeners of where they can get connected with you. So if they need um, help in moving forward and yeah. getting unstuck, how would they connect yeah. with you again? Absolutely. So go to my website, vibrantlifeconsulting.com. You can email me at marie at vibrantlifeconsulting.com. I do one-on-ones and I can do everything I do over Zoom as well. So if distance is a distance is not an issue, um, I can do brain spotting. I can do uh, the life consulting, all of that over Zoom. So I am excited to work with people on their journey. I love walking alongside people in their healing journey. Yeah. Well, and you're the real deal because you've gone through it personally and now you're equipping and empowering others. And I, and that's what I'm all about too. So I will put that in the show notes. So Marie, would you just close out in prayer? Because I know, I I know you call it prayerpy, which I love, which you combine (laughs) all of your, your things, but would you just pray for the listeners right now? Yeah, absolutely. So Jesus, I just thank you for each and every person that's listening right now. I pray that Uh, you would just bless them, that you would help them in any areas that um, you're tapping on right now that need to be forgiven, that you would help them to have the courage to walk through forgiveness, and that you would just fill them with your joy and your peace as they step forward in obedience um, and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And if people go to my YouTube channel too, just search Vibrant Life Consulting, I have a lot of my tools on videos there too. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I know that you've just set a lot of people free just in that right there. So thank you for your time. And I look forward to having you back on again. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Until next time.